Welcome to Riverbend Church's podcast, and thanks for listening. Riverbend is a church in Hernando, Mississippi, that is focused on our calling to restore the community around us. For more information, visit rbhernando.church. We hope you enjoy the message. How many of you like questions? That, that was a question. How many of you like questions that don't get answered? Questions arise, yet, yet there was no answer given for the question that came to your attention. Or, or maybe even a, a better question for us this morning is, how many of you like questions that are answered differently than you want them to be answered. Those are always fun at my house when the question is asked and it comes back with an answer that uh, I didn't want that answer. I, I wanted a different answer. Here is the real answer. No, not really. A couple of years ago, I had the opportunity to uh, do some training for pastors and for church planners. And in one of the exercises uh, of the, the training, there were a whole list of questions. And uh, on the screen, you'll see a picture of a little card that was given to me that, that had some of these uh, different hats. And you wore a different hat, and the way that you wore this hat is in this uh, type of questioning, you would ask different types of questions. And so, because of it being fresh on my mind, I want you to look at this physician's hat. Okay? The physician's hat has a certain type of question that the physician or the nurse might come and ask you a question. Let's just say, hypothetically, you go to the emergency room because your neck is hurting. Okay? You go to the emergency room and your neck is hurting and, and they wheel you in and and uh, as you're there, a nurse comes in and says, okay, how bad is your pain? Is On a scale of 1 to 10, where are you feeling the pain in your neck? It's an 11. Just hypothetical. It's hypothetical. It's, it's an 11. Okay. Well, is your pain more on the left side or on the right side? It's back there, right? Another person comes in and they ask you a similar question, hypothetically. If you... You've got some pain? Yes. Okay, on a scale of 1 to 10, how bad is it? Is it a sharp pain? Is it a dull pain? All of this questioning is for one purpose. And that purpose as a physician is to diagnose your problem. You have a sharp pain in your neck. You don't know what the cause of that pain is. You don't know why that pain is still happening two hours, three hours along in the ordeal. And they are trying to help you figure out a diagnosis. And they are trying to help you figure out a growth plan or a way to get you out of the pain, not just for the moment, but for ever. But if you were to pick up a reporter hat, or if you were to pick up a, another hat, you would ask different types of questions, and those questions would lead to different answers. In our passage before us this morning, James asked some questions 
I'm going to read for us James chapter 3 down from verse 13 down through chapter 4 verse 8. And in this passage, he asks multiple questions. We're going to look at three of those and he gives multiple answers. He, he gives four answers. I'm going to answer the three questions that he gives. He's going to, and then he's going to add an answer at the end that we'll close with in just a few moments. But listen as I read these verses and see if you can pick out the three questions that we are going to pay close attention to this morning. James chapter 3, starting in verse 13. Who is wise and understanding among you? By his good conduct, let him show his works in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter jealousy, selfish ambition in your hearts, and do not, do not boast and be false to the truth. Excuse me, this is not the wisdom that comes down from above, but is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there will be disorder and every vile practice. But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. And he closes the chapter in verse 18 with these words, and a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. What causes quarrels and what causes fights among you? Is it not this, that your passions are at war within you? You desire and do not have, so you murder. You, you covet and cannot obtain, so you fight and quarrel. You do not have because you do not ask. You ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly and spend it on your passions. You adulterous people. Do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Or do you suppose it is to no purpose that the Scripture says He yearns jealously over the Spirit that He has made to dwell in us? But He gives more grace. Therefore it says, God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil. And he will flee from you. Draw near to God. And he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hearts, you sinners. And purify your hearts, you double-minded. In the passage in front of us, there are questions of life being raised. Qu questions of life. They're raised. James writes these questions down, and as he writes these questions down, he immediately answers the question that he raises or that he writes down. There in verse number 13 of chapter 3, the question is this, Who is wise and understanding among you? Then he spends the next four verses, verse 14 down through the end of the chapter, verse 5 verses, of answering that question. 
The question is, who caused, excuse me, the question is, who is wise and understanding among you? His answer is given that there are two types of wisdom. The source of this wisdom is different from the wisdom that is coming from above versus that that is coming on the earth. You see that in verse 15. This is not the wisdom that comes down from above, but is earthly, is unspiritual, and is demonic. The source of the wisdom is different from the source that is coming down from above. Therefore, that's two types of wisdom. Are we all together? Are we all checking? We're still going. He says, who is wise and understanding among you? Are you wise and understanding from the things of this earth? Or are you wise and understanding from the wisdom that comes down from heaven? If you have bitter jealousy, if there is selfish ambition in your hearts, don't boast to be false of those things that are true. That is one type of wisdom. So check yourself. Think about the wisdom that you have going on in your life right now. Is there some bitter jealousy that is going on? Is there selfish ambition trying to outdo those around you so that your name, your face can be seen, can be heard from? Who's wise among you? What's the fruit of that type of wisdom? James says that type of wisdom, the earthly, the unspiritual, and the demonic wisdom is full of jealousy, selfish ambition, boasting. Well, what's the fruit or the outcome of the other type of wisdom that that comes from above? Look there in verse 16. Down in verse 17. But the wisdom from above is first pure. The wisdom from above is then peaceable. The wisdom from above is gentle. The wisdom from above is open to reason. The wisdom from above is full of mercy. The wisdom from above is full of good fruits. It is impartial and it is sincere. Is that you? Or is it you that you have to be right? Is it you that you have to win the argument? Is it you that you have to have the last word? Is it you that you and you alone come out with hands raised? This week I was driving through the uh, city of Hernando and um, I remembered a prayer that um, one of my friends over in North Carolina had prayed and a dialogue that went after this prayer. And he tells the story that um, he was praying and asking God to work in his city. And um, as he was praying this, he was driving and he drove by a particular church and it was as if God was speaking to him and saying, what if I do and I do it through that church and not your church? Are you okay with that? And, and it made him check up. And so as I was driving multiple roads this week up and down our city or in our town, I prayed that prayer and I said, Lord, even if it's that church, work. 
change Hernando. If it's that church, work. If it's that church that's not even a part of our denomination, work. Change Hernando. Hernando needs you to work, Father, please. Work. Is your wisdom, is my wisdom, all about puffing us up and making us look good, or is it to get the best outcome that is there? James, writing to a group of individuals with this first question, ask about their wisdom. And it's not just for those in the first century, it is for you and for me as well. What type of wisdom do you have? Students, adults, moms, dads, sons, daughters, what type of wisdom drives us? But then he asks a second question. The second question of life is all about fights. It doesn't happen at your house. It happens rarely at my house. Only in those days that end in why. That we have some disagreements. At present, there are five individuals that live at my house. One of them does not have very many syllables in his vocabulary. But he will soon one day. But the other four of us have multiple syllables in our vocabulary, and we voice those sometimes loudly and sometimes boisterously. But as I read this question in this verse, chapter 4, verse 1, what causes quarrels, what causes fights among you? I immediately thought, well, I know what causes quarrels and what causes fights among us at my house. The other people. If they would just understand, I say this tongue in cheek, that I am right, we would not quarrel and we would not fight. What causes quarrels and fighting among you? Question. Answer. Read that next part of the verse in chapter 4, verse 1. Is it not this, that your passions, your passions are at war within you? Meaning this, the reason that you quarrel Sir, ma'am, the reason that I quarrel with others is because of the issues that are inside of me. My passions aren't right inside of me. My passions are that I want my way above everything else. I want my name to be right and everybody else can be wrong. The reasons that there are arguments at my house and at my job and in my life is not because of others per se. It is because what's happening inside between this ear and this ear. Mark chapter 9 verse 50. I believe the verse is there on the screen. 
Salt is good. Salt is good. Jesus is speaking and He's trying to give this word picture. But if salt has lost its saltiness, how will you make it salty again? Have salt in yourselves. And then He closes out His argument and He says, you as followers of mine, that's who He's talking to, you be at peace with one another. Peace. It is an outcome or a fruit of wisdom that is coming down from above. You see it there at the end of verse 17 or in the beginning, excuse me, in the middle of verse 17. He says, this type of wisdom from above is pure and then it is peaceable. The reason that you are quarreling church in the first century and the reason that you are quarreling church in the 21st century is because you and I are not being the peacemaker that we are supposed to be. Not being the peacemaker at the house. Not being the peacemaker in the job site. Not being the peacemaker in life. The reason that there are quarrels and fights among you is answered. It is answered by this, that your passions, sir, your passions, ma'am, are not in the proper order. And when my passions and my desires are out of order or out of whack, there is issue between me and those around me on a horizontal plane, but there are also issues between me and my Father who is in heaven on a vertical plane. So the answer to stop your quarreling and to stop your fighting in verses 1-3, through you desire and you do not have, so you murder. You covet and you cannot obtain, so you fight and quarrel. You do not have, sir, ma'am, you do not have because you do not ask. And you ask and you do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your passions. You adulterous people. I do not believe that James is speaking of being physically adulterous. I do believe that he is speaking of being spiritually and emotionally adulterous because they are looking for answers outside of Christ. And when they turn to another Savior to help in the quarrel and the fight, when you and I turn to other saviors, instead of Christ, you and I both find ourselves in that same, same imperative or command calling you and me adulterous people. The problem is inside of you, it's inside of me. The fighting started inside of us and it has just spilt over into relationships that are close to us. 
And if you, sir, ma'am, student, adult, if we want to stop the fighting, may you and I be peacemakers and may you and I have the passions at the right places and the desires at the right levels in our lives. Third question. Not only does he ask a question about wisdom and he asks a question about fighting, look there in verse number 4. After he says, you adulterous people, he has a third question. Do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Or, verse 5, do you suppose it is to no purpose that the Scripture says he yearns jealously over the Spirit that he has made to dwell in us? Two ways to ask the same question. Do you not know that if you're friends with the world, you're at odds with God. The word enmity. The word enmity is uh, defined this way. Hatred for, at feud with, hostility towards. So if you and I are friends with the world, we are hostile toward, we are at feud with, or in a fight with, we have hatred for God. Think about it for a second. No one in the room, in their right mind, would say, hey, I want to be at war with God. I want to be opposed to God. If that's the question, there is nobody here who believes that there is a God who would say, yeah, that's where I want to be. I want to be directly opposed to God. I want to be at, at, at war with Him, be in a feud with God. No one would say that. God says if that's the case, then don't be friends with the world. Friends here defined this way. Walking in step with or in the same direction of. Having same likes or interest. Having same passions or desires of them. Friends. Question for you to answer yourself. Are you at friends with things in this world? Are you friends with this world? Do you see how he asked the question? Do you not know that friendship with the world, with the way that this thing that is spinning around day upon day upon day, friends of this world, is enmity with God. Whoever wishes to be a friend of the world, its way, has put himself or herself up against God. How does he answer that question? 
brings us to our second point this morning. An answer is given, possibly even for an unasked question, but an answer is given in this third question with these words. Verse number 6, but He gives more grace. Therefore, it says, God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil and He will flee from you. Draw near to God, verse 8, and He will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. So let's answer the question first that is raised there in verse number 4. Friendship with uh, with the world is enmity with God. He answers it in those verses, in verses 5, 6, and 7, by saying these things. By saying, first, God opposes the proud, but He gives grace to the humble. And then submit yourselves, therefore, to God and resist the devil. And when that happens, He will flee from you. Some of us in the room think it this way, that if we resist the devil, if we just steer clear of all the bad, we're good. Some of us read that verse, verse number 7, and say, if we just resist those things and steer clear of the bad, He will leave us. That's not what James chapter 4 states. Resisting the bad may be hard. Resisting the bad in some places and in some ways, it is not that hard. If you just don't go there, it won't be that hard to resist it. But James, I believe, had the correct order when he said those words at the beginning of verse 7, submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Submit yourselves therefore to God. Now that might be the answer to the million dollar question. We are Americans. We are independent. We don't want to be dependent on anyone. We don't want anyone telling us how to do this or what to do, when to do, where to do. No. That's not in our nature. Sir, ma'am, if you and I don't want to be an enemy against God, you and I must come to this point to submit ourselves to Him. Once you and I submit ourselves to Him, you and I can truly resist the devil and He will flee. Resisting the devil, just like submitting to God, is not a one-time deal. It's not something that happened when I was eight and I surrendered my life to Jesus and that's all I have to do now that I'm 46. No, it's a moment-by-moment, a daily occurrence that must take place. I must submit. You, too, must submit. But then it gets to why I stated the point the way that I did. An answer is given even for an unasked question. It, it's, it's happened to you, I know. Maybe you're 
a boss in a certain situation. There are people that are under you and there's a project that has to be done. Maybe you find yourself as a student and there's a teacher over you in this particular subject matter and he or she just gives you some information that you didn't even ask for, knowing that why in the world are they spending time on this? Maybe it's, it's happened to all of us as parents. We're going to give this information that is out there hoping that our kids just get it by osmosis, if by nothing else, so that when the time comes, they can get through whatever the issue is. But look there in verse number 8. An answer to all three of these questions, I believe, He closes his argument out with. Church in the first century, draw near to God. Church at River Bend, church, draw near to God and He will draw near to you. There's some things that you and I are to do. We are to draw near to God and He will in turn draw near to us. And then he closes out the verse by stating this. Clean your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, you double-minded. It reminds me of what the psalmist stated in Psalm 24. It won't be on the screen, but let me just close our time together with these words. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and those who dwell therein. For He has founded it upon the seas and established it upon the rivers. And then the psalmist states this in 24.3, Who shall ascend the hill of the Lord? And who shall stand in His holy place? He who has clean hands and a pure heart who does not lift up his soul to what is false and does not swear deceitfully, he will receive blessing from the Lord. He will receive righteousness from the God of his salvation. And such is the generation of those who seek him and who seek the face of the God of Jacob. James says this to you and me, cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Do you and I have questions? Yes, we do. We have questions that are similar to the ones that, that James raised or that was raised to James and he writes answers to. Do you and I have questions that will be answered the way we think they're going to be answered? Yes. Do you and I have questions that will be answered different than the way you and I think. Yes. Do you have questions that you won't have answered on this side of heaven? Yes. Do you have questions that will never go answer, un, that will always be unanswered or that will never be answered? Possibly. Will you trust the one who is on the throne, the one who gave his life for you, even if the question is is unanswered? Will you trust the one on the throne and the one who gave his life for you, who took your place and paid your price so that you might have eternal life? Will you trust 
him even if he answers the question different than you think it should be answered. And possibly, for those of us who are Christians here today, the hardest one. Will you trust Him and keep Him where He needs to be and is supposed to be when He answers the question the way you think that it is to be answered with the ability to puff you up and beat on your chest? Will you still submit to the one who loved you so much, River Bend, that died for you? Will you still submit even then? So why did James write those questions? Why do we talk about questions for the last 28 minutes? James wrote those questions to encourage the first century church. And we talked about them to encourage you. For this week, you will have questions and I don't know what the answer are. It's going to be. I don't. I'll have questions and I don't know that I'll have answers to them. But in the midst of those questions of life, will you trust Him? Father, I come to You and I thank You. I thank You for passages like James 3 and 4, that uh, we have questions and he writes answers down. You give us answers. Father, sometimes those answers are what I expect or what we expect. and Sometimes like that second question, the reason that there is quarreling at my house is because of me and not the other person. Father, it draws me back and draws us back to where You want us to be. Father, I don't know all the questions that are going on in the minds and of the individuals in the room, but You know those questions. And Father, I pray that every one of us here would trust You. Whether You give us an answer or You don't, whether You answer it the way we think or not, Father, that we would trust You in this journey called life. River Bend, as we uh, come to a time of response, maybe the response from You this morning needs to be exactly where You are with a question raised back to the Father. Or maybe it is exactly where You are that You just say, Father, I trust You. Even if You don't answer the question, I trust You. Even when I don't see You working, or I don't feel You're working, I trust You. So in this time of response, this invitation goes out to You. Respond back to Him. Maybe it's to stand and sing. Maybe it's to come forward and pray. But respond back to Him. Whatever He's asking, He's speaking to You. Respond. As Alex and the worship team leads us out, you respond back to Him. Lord, I come. You have been listening to the latest message from Riverbend Church. We hope you enjoyed it. Live sin.